Okay, so we're talking about, um, about healing this month. And uh, do you know that Jesus died for, for the healing of your body? Do you know that? That Jesus doesn't want you to have illness in your body or broken bones or whatever. He died for that. And actually, like so much of his ministry was just healing people. There's a study that they've done in the, in the Gospels, in the four Gospels, 19% of all the verses actually relate to a miracle. And most of those miracles were healing miracles. So if you think of 19% of what you communicate as a Christian, 19% of that should actually be in a miraculous way. So, so those people that did all those miracles, whether it was Jesus or the early apostles, all of them had the same spirit, and that spirit lives in us. So we're not only, only calling you to come to church and to experience the fullness of God and to experience healing in your body. We are saying, we're going to send you into the world with the same Jesus that Jesus or that the people had in the early church, the same Holy Spirit, for you to do the same. And uh, we've talked about healing in your body. And we've also talked about just healing of your habits. So there's a bunch of testimonies that came out. Uh, this morning, a lady shared last week, Boosie was actually praying for, for her. Where's Boosie? Boosie's here somewhere. She was here, maybe at the back. Uh, and um, she was praying for her because she, from 19 years old, she had a neck energy, in, sorry, injury, not energy, and she, had a, and she had a shoulder injury. And while Boosie was praying for her, there was a shock of electricity that came through her whole body, and she just was healed in the moment. And she said what she wanted to do in church is to wave flags, but she could only do it with one hand. So this morning she was there at the back waving flags with two hands. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And there's so many, so many people that, that even through now encounter three and four just got healed. Who of you got healed? I know Simone got healed of a back pain. That's amazing. Who of you got healed in the last three weeks or so? Okay, wow, just stand up quickly. Let's, let's just... Wow, that's amazing. Let's glorify Jesus. Wow. Hey, that was not good enough. Okay, stand up again. We need to celebrate this. Yes. Amen. You can sit. So the, so the other day, um, somebody emailed us and they said, hey, um, this is Skip, a guy who, He's a skeptic, and he said, hey, he's heard of all the miracles in our church. He would love to come and interview us. I'm like, oh, that's great. Great story. Stories is doing it around. There are miracles in our church. Because we're just following Jesus. It's not this church. It's just Jesus. So I want you to put out your faith that something amazing is going to happen to you. I want, to, want you to put out your faith that something amazing is going to happen to the person next to you, to your friend, um, to somebody that you know. So last week also in the morning service, um, one, of the, one of our leaders sent me a word and said, there's somebody with liver cirrhosis. I didn't even know what that was until I had the word. I actually pronounced it as cirrhosis. I thought it's cirrhosis, but it was actually cirrhosis. So some lady was building a relationship with a lady in Plet, and she was diagnosed with liver cirrhosis in that, that past week. So she stood up. And one of her leaders prayed for her, gave her a prophetic word, and then she messaged that to the lady and pled. That lady, when she heard the message, 
she actually felt that she needed to forgive somebody because she couldn't forgive this person for a very long time. She forgave that person, and in that week, she completely changed. We believe she's completely healed, but uh, everything changed, even her health changed. Husband, I spoke to her husband on Wednesday, and her husband said, wow, it, it was incredible. This wife of mine just completely changed because of that one, that one word. So something, we need to put our faith out that more of this things, these things will happen. Great. So, just up there, we have um, fasting and prayer times. Every Wednesday, as leadership, we are fasting. So, if you want to be a leader, um, please fast with us. Fasting is basically going through the whole day without, without food, just water. And you're saying, I'm not going to feast on food. I'm going to feast on Jesus. I'm going to feast on God. So, this Wednesday, we're also opening up the church between 12 and 2. And we're trusting that God will then use people like us to pray for healing requests. So there's a healing request box at the back, so you can throw in your healing request in there, and we'll pray for that during, during the Wednesday opening um, the slots. And also, if you have people that you want to bring that's suffering with illness or sickness or anxiety or whatever it might be, bring them to those slots, and we will pray for them. So every Wednesday, so this coming Wednesday, 23rd of October, and then to next week is our last... Um, session or last sermon on the on the healing in the healing month and it's healing through deliverance so we're going to talk about how how the devil uses um, demons in our life and how we can get rid of them so we had a deliverance course over the in, in during this week encounter four and a lot of people got set free from demonic strongholds who of you were there at encounter four okay who of you got delivered of something like demons okay wow that's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Great. So I, I want to share with you tonight about the healing of our souls and our minds. So if you go to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it's up on the overhead. It says, May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what the scripture is saying is, is that God is interested in the healing and the sanctification of every aspect of your life. He's interested in your mind being renewed. He is interested in your body being healed. He is interested in your soul health. He is interested in your mental health. He is interested in your spirit. He is interested in everything. Often in church, we've said, hey, God is interested in your spirit, but he's not interested in anything else. No, he is interested in everything of you. He loves everything about you. Actually, in your body, your soul and your spirit, you carry the image of God. Even in your body. You may not even like your body, but you carry the image of God in your body. That's why Jesus could, could come in a bodily form. And he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to represent the true human being. And this is what I'm, this is what I'm look, looking like. He came in bodily form because he actually value, he values your body. So I want you to just look at this, um, this picture up there, this image. And it's just a... Just sort of give you an idea of how these three things work together. So we, we are a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. 
So our spirit man, we are created in the image of God. Therefore, God is spirit. So we are spirit. And then we have a soul. Your soul carries your emotions, your will, your personality, your thought life. All of those things with, that has to do with your personality, that is your, that is your soul. But then you also have a body. And, and that is really not, a, not the best model because it's actually very much integrated. It's not like, oh, this is now my body, and this is now my soul, and this is my spirit. All of those things, those three aspects of who you are, actually integrated into each other, and they work side by side. So I put up a, ta- a table up there just to, ex- just to maybe clarify it a little more. It says, it talks of that the spirit is the blueprint of your identity. So I want you to get this. So God created us in His image. He is spirit. So we have this the spirit man in us that carries the blueprint of who we truly are. So somewhere in you is your true identity. But it's also, it is empty and it will not come to its, its com- to completion if we don't know Jesus. Because it's only a bru- blueprint. It's a God hole. My mother-in-law talks about the Levi-Hesus Chaiki. There's only one person that can fill the Levi-Hesus Chaiki, and that is Jesus himself. Okay, so then in your soul, it's your will, your personality, your mind, which is the reasoning and thinking. And then they talk also about the subconscious mind, which which overlaps a lot with what the Bible talks when the Bible talks about heart. It's your beliefs, your emotions, your memories, and your attitudes. And according to research, those are actually the things that determine who you are. You you would, for instance, say, God is good, or I am forgiven. But your subconscious mind saying, no, you're not forgiven. Look at what you are doing. You You thought last time you were forgiven, but now you're actually in the habit of of just walking this out in sin. So your subconscious mind is a very important part of who you are. And if you read the Bible, it, is, it definitely overlaps with when the Bible speaks of, of your heart. And then we also have your body, it's your senses, and the 11 systems of the body. So it's nervous, digestive, endocrine, immune, etc., etc. But the key is, and you'll see there's a little heart there. The key is... To, to understand or to get into wholeness of soul and mind is to understand the, the, the thing of, of your heart, to understand how your heart works. Okay, So the heart is the key to understanding how the spirit works, to understand how your mind works, and actually how the body also fits in with that. So listen to this, Romans 10 verse 9. It says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So it says there's a confession, Jesus is Lord, but then you do something with your heart. You open your heart to God, and you trust that what is said in the Bible that Jesus was raised from the dead by God, that actually opens up your spirit. So it says you get saved. So salvation means that the holiness of God, the, the, the presence of God floods your whole being. 
So the, the presence of God, the Spirit of God then enters your spirit man and that blueprint gets activated. Who of you, when you met Jesus, suddenly you realize, wow, I'm actually this person and I'm not that person. That is just the blueprint that was already there in your spirit, man, that was just activated in that moment when you said, Jesus, I give you everything. So now the Holy Spirit comes, you confess Jesus is Lord. In other words, He is everything, you surrender everything, and you believe in, in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, and the Spirit then floods your spirit, man. So the point of access, the point for you to start um, walking in the health of your soul, of your body, and of everything is to open up your heart. Is to say, hey God, I want to open my heart to you. I want the subconscious mind, my emotions, my thoughts, my memories, the way that I think, the way that I do life, I'm opening it up to you and I'm surrendering it to you. And as you do that, that floods the love of God, the presence of God, the Spirit of God floods your heart. It enters your spirit and it tells you who you are. Because they also, also in the Bible it states that God is love. 1 John 4 verse 8 says, God is love. And then again, if we, we, we pull that back to we are created in the image of God, that means that we are created in love. It means that we carry the image of love. It means that our identity is love and also that our purpose is love. So if you want to do, if you want to have a goal for your life, maybe it's to be a billionaire, maybe it's to be a great sportsman, maybe your goal should just be to love better. That at the end of your life, when you're 80 years old, people won't talk about the try that you scored against the All Blacks in the World Cup final or about the massive business that you built. But people will talk to, talk to other people about you as the person who loved well. Because that's the most glorifying thing when it comes to God, when it comes to our relationship with God. It's not wrong to build a big business. It's not wrong to pursue your dreams. It's not wrong to, if you have a gift for sport, to go all out for that. But ultimately, it must be more than just for you. It must be to love well. Build that business so you have more employees, so that you can love more people, you can create more jobs. Do that, that thing that you do in education. Do that so well so that people will come to you asking you for your skill and your acumen. And then eventually what you give them is love. And they will actually, because that is, if we open our hearts, we are creating the love of God and our blueprint is in the spirit, the love of God floods our spirit man and we get to understand who we are and ultimately the Bible tells us that we will understand that we are love and we will love better. We will love God better and we love, and we love people better. In Matthew 6, 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Ezekiel 36, 26, it says, I will give you a new heart and, I, and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So he says, I'm going to come for your heart. That's what God's saying. Because I know I'm going to enter in through your heart. That is the door, the gateway to who you are. And then through the door, into the Spirit, and I'm going to activate this blueprint for your life. And from there, I'm going to take you into a purpose that's greater than yourself. Can you see this? So it's 
through your heart into your spirit, and then your blueprint gets activated of the true, the true identity of who you are so that you can eventually become the person of God and actually walk this out, the person who God wants you to be. So the heart is key. So in Encounter 3 and 4, we talked about the four stages that the devil takes us through to hurt us and to destroy us. Because if God is love and you created the image of God, then where's, God gonna, where's the devil going to attack? He's going to attack in the area from where you love, and that is your heart. So he doesn't start with trying to tempt you into, into sin. That's not where he starts. He starts, his goal is to hurt your heart. Because if God cannot come through your heart, he cannot activate the blueprint, you will not understand who you are, and he has deceived you, and he can do whatever he wants with you, and he can control you. So what he does is he creates traumatic experiences in our life. So traumas is step number one. You are born into a family. Your dad's never there. And for you, that's traumatic. Or your dad works away. Or your mother is manipulative. Or, or your brother doesn't like you. Or your parents get divorced. All of those are traumatic experiences. Because these people that were supposed to model love to you, they now are not modeling love, they're modeling rejection. So what is your heart going to do with that? They're gonna, you're going to go like, no, I don't trust people. I don't trust people that's close to me. And you're going to start from the trauma, you're going to start believing a few lies about yourself. You're going to believe that maybe if the people that I was given to, if they don't like me, nobody else is going to like me, then obviously I'm not likable. That's how you're going to feel. So that's the lie that you believe. And because of that, there's a, a bunch of emotions that's going to explode into your life. Whenever you're close or intimate with somebody, or whenever there's an authority figure, because your dad's your authority figure, and you didn't have a good relationship with him, you're going to struggle to take commands from an authority figure, because what does he want? Your dad always came back with lots of presents, but he never gave you love. So you're going to think, Okay, this guy, if he's nice to me, I'm not going to trust him because I couldn't trust my dad. So then whenever you're close to someone like that, you're going to experience anxiety or fear or fear of failure. Or you're going to feel like I have to do this on my own. Nobody's going to fend for me. So lies, emotions, and then you're going to go into destructive behavior. You're going to either isolate yourself or you're going to look for love at different places. You're going to try and fall the pain with pleasure, which could be drugs or sex or pornography or performance even. Some of us, we work so hard. We never work. It's not to bless God. We say it's to bless God, but it's actually to fill a void of this traumatic experience. And we're trying to, 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 to actually to make right what we can't make right. It's only God that can make this right. So what does God want to do? He wants to create positive traumatic experiences. It's going to be traumatic in the good sense. It's going to wreck your life. So we had a, we had a lady here in, at, at Encounter, Encounter 4, and she shared of how she was raped when she was, was younger, and she shared the story that God appeared to her in that moment, 
And she shared it with us, the whole group. And she said, in that moment, God showed up. And when she thinks of that moment, which was a worst day by a stranger, a worst day ever, she said she could only think of Jesus. And for her, that's so traumatic in a positive sense. That she can only think of Jesus when she thinks of her worst day. That's how good God is. He said, I'm going to die for this world. And he died on a Friday. And we call it Good Friday. And he loves it. It's the worst day in all of history. But it's Good Friday because we are looking at the Friday, the worst Friday of Jesus' life. We're looking at it through the resurrection. So if you're going to start seeing who God See, who God is, we're going to look at our traumatic experiences from the resurrection. And we're going to see a good Monday, a good Tuesday, a good Wednesday, a good Thursday, a good Friday, a good Saturday, a good Sunday. We shouldn't only celebrate the good Friday, you celebrate the whole week is good. So, what God wants to do is, in those moments, He wants to reveal Himself. And here's the key for, for health in your heart, which will lead to to health in your soul and health in your mind, is to know, and you should actually contend for this. You should pray to God and ask God to reveal this to you, because this is so important. This is the key to healing of everything. The lies, the emotions, and even the destructive behavior is that God will show you that He was always there. He was always there. He was never far away. And now you might ask, okay, but why did He interfere? I don't know. Ask him. And you need to fight that, that lie that tells you that God wasn't there. You need to fight that with everything in you. Because that's a big lie that's keeping you from the fullness of what God has for us. And, 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 my, and, and, and what I've seen, a lot of the anxiety, the depression, everything we see in, in our day and age, and according to statistics, 16.4% in People in South Africa in any given year will have a mental disorder. In any given year. 16.4%. So that's more than 10. It's, it's more like it's one out of more than 1 out of 10 people will have a mental disorder any given year. And, and my, this is, this is what I, I think from my, just my experience, is that people have not taken that truth. They have not been able to see that God was there. And I know that some of you have gone through horrible things. And it's not, it's God doesn't like it when we just go, yo, okay, it was horrible and I'm going to get over it. No, you have to deal with it. And you need to tell God exactly how you felt in that moment. God, I hated that man. Or I hated that person that did that very thing to me. It was the most horrible day. And you need to come out with that emotions. It's great to come to, to one of our counselors or to people that you know. And you share those emotions with those people because it's important it's important to God because He wants to heal all of that. Don't just go, yeah, I'm just not going to touch it. You have to work through it. And sometimes it takes a lot of courage. I understand. But that is the way to life. That is the way to everything that God has for us. And so you say, hey, God, that thing should have never have happened. If your dad was never there for you, he was a bad dad. And you need to tell God that. But then next step would be to say, God, I forgive my dad. And you'll feel, you'll experience the release in your heart in that very moment. Because that's what God wants to do, but He wants to hear it. 
You can't just go on, he's a bad dad, he's a bad dad, he's a bad dad, he's a bad dad. That's not being set free. That's still living in, in reaction to what your dad did. And you're still in this evil process of lies, emotions, destructive behavior, and again, traumatic experience. Because sin creates a, another traumatic experience. Because it's traumatic for your soul when you sin. So, it's very exciting is that God wants to heal us of all these things. And we as a church, we have solutions to all of this. And I've walked a road in the last while with a lot of people that have been set free from anxiety and depression. And that's, it's amazing to see. And just a disclaimer, we're not against medicine. Like, I've even told some people, you need to go and just sort your body and your, and your mental and all the chemistry in your mind out through through in the medical way, so that you'll have just the clarity of mind to understand what God has done for you. That is important. But you can't stay on that forever, even if the doctor tells you that. And you have to be wise. You have to do it. If there's some doctors in this, in, in this city, they will help you through this. They are Christian. They, they understand. Psychiatrists. You have a crutch. When you broke your leg, you have a crutch for a while. But then after the wound is healed, the leg is healed, you throw the crutch away. So medicine will help you with that. And also never condemn yourself. Don't condemn you yourself because you're not struggling with anxiety or you struggle with this. No, just say, God, I'm not going to condemn myself. I'm going to actually just bring you to God. Because condemnation is is also a big factor in, in your anxiety and in your stress because you feel like God has left you. Again, God is with you. Okay, great. Last thing that I want to share before I give over to my son. So, Band, you can come up. So long. We don't have to suffer from anxiety, fear, or depression. We don't have to. If you're suffering again, no condemnation. Condemnation will not help you. I'm just telling you that in Jesus, you can be set free. This is what Paul says. So he was in prison. So he's he's in this worst day of his life. He's in prison. And he's saying this. Do not be anxious about anything. And he actually goes on and he says, if you make make your request known through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving... The, the, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It's actually, it's a very critical term that. So it will surpass your understanding. So it will be, go beyond your conscious mind and it, will, and it will penetrate your subconscious mind and it will bring peace into your life. You, cannot, you won't be able to understand how amazing this peace of God is. And then 1 John 4 verse verse 18 it says there is no fear in love because anxiety and depression is many times it's a it's a fear that you carry in your heart but it says perfect love God's love drives out fear and when God says when Jesus says when Paul says we don't have to be anxious he also He gives us the ability. He gives us the grace to live this out. Because all of us have failed in this area. 
But he's saying, hey, there's a better life. He, say, he says, hey, Mika, you're running the 100 in, in 11 seconds. But you know what? You have the potential to run it under 10 seconds. And Mika's not going to go, are you condemning me, God? Why are you condemning me? No, she's going to go like, God, you see potential in me. People told me I wouldn't even be able to crawl, but you are telling me that I will run faster than 10 seconds. And obviously, if God says it, then He will come alongside you and He will provide the grace and the empowerment for you to do that. Amen. Great. I'm going to hand over to Marsant and he's going to just lead us into getting us free from all of this. Thank you guys. Didn't you think that was really good? Yeah, let's give, let's give him some honor. What's, what's so amazing about that is many churches or many people are very keen to, to preach behavior modification, but what Amu just shared is actually Jesus' transformation. You see, it's something that takes place through your spirit, your soul, and your body. And tonight, I believe we have one of two choices. The first being we can be like, oh, that was a cool message, that was a cool service, and then just go on with our lives, go on with our week, go back to work, go back to school. Or we can choose to actually be quiet and say, God, what is it in my body, in my soul, in my spirit that I still am trusting you to touch? So everyone, I want you to close your eyes for a minute and just ask God, what is it that I'm trusting you for, God? connect to him for a second. For some of us, it's easy to be like, okay, cool, God, I see that I'm a sinner and I need saving. I see the spiritual part of that. I can understand that. For some of us, it's really hard to to trust God and say, oh, my body is, is not whole. My body is not healed. I have cancer. I have broken ankle. I don't know if God can do that. Or maybe you're saying to yourself, God, I'm stuck in depression. I'm stuck in this anxiety. And to be honest, I haven't seen freedom. But the truth is the truth, regardless of whether you see it or not. Amu shared that we can position our hearts to walk in truth, to walk in healing, to walk in salvation. So just right now, take a minute with your heart right now and just open your heart to God's healing in your body, your mind, in your spirit right now because it's possible. And while every eye is closed, I want, I want to extend an opportunity to every person here that today you might be sitting here like, you know what? I don't know Jesus. I don't have a relationship with this God that wants to love me, wants to have a relationship with me, wants to bring healing, wants to do life with me. And I can tell you now, that is the greatest, most important, life-changing decision that you can make today. If that's you, and think about it, it's a big decision to make. I want you to be very brave and bold. And just stand right where you are. With every eye still closed, 
stand. If you, if you know tonight, I don't know Jesus and I really, I have to. I have to meet the King tonight. Maybe you've been living a life of your own and you just realize you're not very good in charge. And then maybe you might be you might be saved, you might know Jesus, you might have a relationship, but you realize that in your in your soul, in your emotions, in your memories, you aren't whole. And the truth is, Jesus wants to heal you. Jesus wants to he wants to take away pain and replace it with his presence. I believe tonight people are going to be set free of anxiety. Anxiety is imagining a future without Jesus. You might be a Christian and still you might be imagining your future without Jesus. And anxiety can, can be exercised tonight. Anxiety can be taken away tonight. Depression can bow tonight. You don't have to have another another sleepless night of loneliness and fear and depression you don't have to have another morning where you can't get out of bed that doesn't have to be the case anymore so I want to extend another opportunity if you feel tonight Lord I'm done with anxiety I'm done with depression I'm done with fear I want you to come to the front right here where this cross is I want the facilitators, leaders come up and just make a line here. Tonight's a, tonight's a big night, guys. You have the opportunity to no longer deal with fear or anxiety. So if that's anyone, come over here to Almu. Jesus wants to touch you tonight. Jesus wants to set you free. He wants to show you a future where He is part of that. Just make a line right over here. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. People are going to be set free tonight in their souls, God, in their hearts, Jesus. Thank you, God. And while they come to the front, I want to extend the last opportunity for, for you to trust God for healing your body tonight. I felt specifically there might be someone with um, other throat or esophagus cancer, maybe some issue here in your neck or throat I don't know what that might be if that's you just like wave a hand or something if you if you have something wrong in your throat in your this area or if you know of anyone that is, is struggling with something like that okay cool and then if you have any physical need that you're trusting God for healing it might be a headache it might be a sore back it might be cancer whatever that might be I just want you to stand up there's any ailment you're trusting God for anyone whatsoever okay now everyone around them you are the ministry team for now I want you to put your hand towards them if you're next to them put your hands on them there's still a lot of people I'm not seeing I'm not seeing the ministry team Get around them, gather around them right now.